Hi, I'm Jennifer, and welcome back to the Crew Japan Podcast, a weekly podcast where we take you on audio journeys through Japanese culture. Welcome back to our podcast. In this episode, we'll be diving into video games as a means to learn Japanese. Reading is a big part of language learning as a whole, and that's no different when learning a second language. Today, we'll be joined by Matt of Game Gengo and discuss experiences, useful tips, and approaches to video game driven language study. By the end of this episode, we hope that you will have the motivation to pick up a video game and change those language settings to Japanese. It'll be intimidating for sure, but we hope you'll power through. All right, so today I have Doug with me, and we're going to be talking about learning Japanese through video games. Doug, have, have you even played a Japanese video game before? Yeah, actually,、um, when I went on study abroad back in 2005, was it? Oh my God.、Uh, yeah, 2005. <laughs> It's a long time ago. Wow,、um, I feel old.、Uh, yeah, no, I, when I went on study abroad, To,、uh, to Sophia back in 2005, I got a DS. Was it DS or a Game Boy Advance SP? I, I got, I, no, it was a DS. I got a DS while I was in Japan, a Japanese DS. And I made myself set everything in Japanese, like settings on the, on the device and everything, because、like, you could pick the language. So I put it in Japanese so that way I'd had to like, kind of like force myself to learn. Uh huh. Um, you know, some of it was muscle, muscle memory, knowing where to go on a menu and stuff. But, of course.、Um, but yeah, I, I did that and I bought a few games.、Um, nothing too crazy, but yeah, I've done it before.、Um, I think it was just like Pokemon Ranger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Pokemon、okay. Ranger. Something easy that I knew it wasn't going to be a lot of,、uh, a lot of kanji.、Um, and then actually a shogi game. Uh, oh. Yeah, of all things.、Um, I was getting into Shogi during my study abroad year. A buddy of mine was teaching me how to play and、uh, learned to, you know, I picked up a Shogi game, which was fun, but I kept getting my butt kicked all the time because <laughs> I don't know anything about Shogi, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, that, I, I haven't done much since then, though.、Um, it's been primarily like that study abroad year is really when I picked up some games、um, and kind of dabbled in it. Oh, so like you, you just dabbled? It didn't really like sink in or anything like that? Well, no. You know, I, I definitely picked up some stuff, like,、um, you know, vocabulary. I had to look up stuff. And there was, especially with Pokemon, there's a lot of repetitive words that are used.、Um, you know, a lot of it contextual or related specifically to Pokemon. So, you know, it may not be real world relative, but,、um, but it, there are things that get drilled into your head.、Um, and actually, I, I think I picked up Mario. Which doesn't have any really words. Yeah, I was about to say, Mario doesn't have anything. Just pick、yeah, up and play. Much, but yeah.、Um, oh, I'm trying to think if there's any other games I got. That, that, those are the big three. Those are the three that I know I remember getting while I was over there. Okay, okay, cool. What about cool. you? I mean, I had a friend who did the Pokemon game in Japanese. Which one? I think he did.、Uh, which one did he do? I think he did like Sun and Moon. Okay. And he did it in Japanese. And I was like, you know what? Good for you. But then, like, <laughs> he was struggling. So I was like, well, that means I should not do it. Because. <laughs> well, I feel like 
Pokemon are just RPGs in general. They're very dialogue heavy, and those dialogue bubbles like yeah. really dictate the game sometimes. If yeah. you don't understand something or pick something up, you could be missing a big, hey, you need to go talk to this person over in this building over there. Okay, so you say this, but then I just shot myself in the foot because... <laughs> so when I go over to Japan, I visit... Um, I visit that... Doug, that store. The store that is our love and savior. Donkey? Book off. No, book off. What are you talking oh. about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Donkey's pretty great, too. And he got a lot of stuff. That's actually where I got my DS. So. Yeah, but you can't buy used games at Donkey. You you go to book off. No, but you can drunkenly buy a DS 24-7 at, oh, on Christmas Jesus. Eve. Okay, you in the drinking <laughs> I was again. in a dark spot on Christmas. Like, I'm a big... Christmas is a big family thing for us, you know, especially growing up. And this is my first time away from my family for Christmas in a country that really doesn't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. So um, it was tough. That was big culture shock there. Um, but I cured my culture shock with uh, whiskey and buying a DS. Buying a DS and Pokemon at like two or three in the morning. <laughs> well, I did go to book off. And even though I usually go to book off just for like manga um they do have sections for video games and so i kind of just like skim through the video games to see like if there's anything that i would want to buy and uh, i kind of just shot myself in the foot because oh, yeah so i love this manga series and i mean it was an anime movie but it was a bad anime movie but it was like um alice in the country of hearts um so it's kind of like alice in wonderland but like japan manga edition and um so they have it's originally a visual novel so i was like they have the game i want it so i bought it and i was like yeah i'm gonna play it so we get home and i pop it in and i'm like totally lost because it's a visual (laughs) novel so what do you think is a visual novel it's just nothing but words and dialogue yeah and because of the like what it is, it's not like an easy game. It's it has like really heavy dialogue and really like hard words. So I'm like, well, I just shot myself in the foot there. Yeah, yeah, it, it get a little ambitious, right? Not That's- it wasn't even ambitious. I didn't even care about the fact that like studying Japanese with it. I just wanted to play the game <laughs> <laughs> um, because I was so obsessed with the manga. Um, but yeah, so that was like. I want to say it was literally my only attempt. Oh, no. I did buy one other game. I don't even know what it's called because I I, I I bought it just because it looked like a kid's game. So I was like, oh, this is a kid's game. I should buy it because it might be easy for me to, like, learn. So yeah. I did. And, I mean, it was pretty easy. I, I, I could navigate it pretty well. But I don't think I learned anything from it, honestly. Yeah, and... <laughs> I feel like kids games are like two, like it's a double-edged sword because yeah, they may have simple Japanese that's in there, but there's a lot of like nonsense Japanese, like words and names, sound effects. I mean, not that sound effects are bad because there's a lot of onomatopoeia sounds out there that it would be nice to know. Um, But to be honest, I read like like the katakana, like onomatopoeia sound, and I'm like, what the hell is that supposed to represent? Like a snapping, a chomp, or you know, like like I don't know, but. Yeah, that's that's something that's one area of Japanese that I have like no grasp of, like onomatopoeias. Like in English, it's so easy. You use like boom or like bang, you know, like sounds, you know, 
yeah. sound words. And I have no idea what those equivalents are in Japanese. <laughs> well, it sounds like you and I struggled learning Japanese with video games. It doesn't sound like either of us were successful in this. Yeah, sometimes I just skip the words and I just wouldn't play the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and that's really easy to do, you know? Just like, yeah. oh, I don't, I, I don't need to read this. I'm just going to play the game. <laughs> so that's why I was like, we need a person to come on our podcast to help us navigate how to use video games to learn Japanese. And so I found Matt of Game Gengo. Um, I watch his stuff on YouTube. I also follow him on Twitter. And I just found that he was a really good inspiration for an episode like this. So I got him on and we're gonna have and we're gonna have an interview with him. So roll that interview. Today for our interview, um, we have Matt with Game Gengo, um, which is a very useful, useful, useful uh, website and uh, YouTube channel um, about language learning through Japanese video games, which I am all about. I always try to use like creative ways to learn Japanese. Um, so Matt, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. I'm here too. <laughs> yes, my bad. And I'm here with my co-host, Doug. You know, Doug, you, you, you haven't Excellent been talk. as talkative. So I'm just like, I kind of forgot you were there for a minute. <laughs> you should have heard us in pre-recording. I was talkative as hell. I know, I know. I'm so sorry. But yes, we have Doug here with us to talk about uh, language learning. And sadly, we don't have Nigel here today for the interview. But, um, you know, when Nigel listens back he'll definitely love what he's going to learn today yeah so so matt before we um jump into the main topic of language and uh and whatnot um we tend tend to talk to our guests about new orleans we're a new orleans-based podcast um you're sponsored by japan society of new orleans um and one thing we ask all of our guests is if they have a connection to new orleans and if they do like what what it is it have you been before or if, mm. if you have what's your fondest memory or if not what is the first thing you think of when you hear New Orleans? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've never actually been to um, New Orleans or or America in general, um, for, for that matter. Um, Japan is the only country that I've traveled to. However, um, when I think New Orleans, I definitely think, obviously, rich culture, music, jazz, and a really distinct like historical architecture. Like you have this kind of oh, image. Oh, that's different. We've never heard yeah. that one from a guest before. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I really. You're spot on, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, yeah. Are. <laughs> you are. You are. Yeah, like it, it's it's. Yeah, it. There's definitely some richness um, to the place that a lot of other places in America might not have. They're a bit more perhaps modern, and and there might be some differences there. Uh, my grandfather used to actually travel there a lot um, to go listen to jazz music. Um, oh, you know, really? like his favorite place yeah we had like a fridge full of all these like um different um magnets from different places and stuff and oh they cool had, like, a whole bunch of um yeah from new orleans and stuff so that was that's, uh, that's awesome. awesome yeah but wow. I've, I've never been there i would i would like to go one day um well one day if you I, ever do, do. <laughs> we we got you we can hook you, you up you at with least a know a couple time. people yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> 
Well, now that we kind of got uh, a little icebreaker in, um, you know, Matt, now I want to kind of explore who you are. Um, So like, you know, kind of give a brief introduction of yourself and then like, what's your Japan journey? Because like you you live in Japan now and you work Mm. in Japan. And so like what led to your interest in Japan? Just let us let us know kind of how you came to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So my Japan journey probably begins as early as I can remember. Um, when I was five or so years old, I remember um, we always had these like old video games all around the house. Um, I remember my first computer was a Commodore 64, which is like like a black screen with green text and you have to type in commands for everything. Um, and I, I used to watch my older brother play Street Fighter 2 on the Sega. And I always wanted to play, but he always told me, like, I'm too young to play. I wouldn't understand how to do it. And so I took that as a challenge to kind of learn how to play. And I actually, at that time, at around around five years old, five, six, I actually learned um, how to play Street Fighter and also how to record me playing Street Fighter uh, on VHS and how to, like, plug up the uh the tape <laughs> so i could record oh, yeah. stuff. I remember and that, that. that yeah <laughs> and um <laughs> and, and that was kind of the beginning of me being interested in video games which eventually led to me being interested in japan when i kind of figured out much later now you know skipping you know a decade or so later around when i was i don't know maybe 13 or 14 i just kind of realized one day that every single thing that brings pleasure in my life things that i love things that i look forward to things that i want more of uh, everything that kind of brings me joy almost everything was in some way from japan even things i didn't even know had a connection right like uh, my favorite snack was this snack called sakata and it was like it was just a really thin sembe which is like a japanese rice cracker that was my favorite snack growing up i loved you know dragon ball and and uh, pokemon and you know typical stuff but uh final fantasy and you know things like that and sonic the hedgehog and 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 just just everything really uh, in terms of you know my favorite historical characters were the samurai and you know like everything was connected in japan in some way uh and that ultimately led me to decide to um both come to japan and then eventually um study japanese yeah that's great yeah so when when coming to Japan, mm-hmm. um, like what? How did you come? Like was yeah. it through like a study abroad, or was it through work, yeah. or how, how did you? What was your first encounter with Japan in terms of like, actually stepping foot into the country? Yeah. So uh, so around 2010, um, when I was around in my early 20s, I remember I was trying to figure out like what to do with my life. And I couldn't. Aren't we all? Out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out the direction that I could go, that I wanted to go in. And and I was always kind of, I was I was overwhelmed with thoughts about what direction do I want to take my life? What life am I going to be happy with? What you know? What do I want? What what would be the best thing for me to do? What would be the best for my future family? What would be the best for all kinds of things, right? Um, and that stress kind of got a little bit too much for me. And I eventually I just went, screw it. <laughs> I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to get on a plane, stop being Mr. What if, and, and, and make all these, you know, uh, kind of overthinking everything. Let's just get on a plane, go to this country that you've loved your entire life and check it out. 
And so in 2011, I, I did, I, I was never spontaneous. This is the first spontaneous action I ever did in my life. I was always <laughs> Mr. Warrior Watts. I got on a plane to Japan. Um, I actually met my friend who was at the time my best friend in an online game world of warcraft <laughs> nice. i met him at the airport uh in 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 australia and we went to japan together i was actually going to go by myself but he came with me because he was like that sounds awesome was that um, your first time meeting him in person yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. at the airport, <laughs> at the airport yeah um <laughs> Yeah, he could have been a serial killer. Luckily, uh, he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. I did talk to him for about I don't know four or four or so years um, online. So like I, I I knew he wasn't like yeah a psychopath. Or yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, no, this I, was I a arrived... really long burn, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all the plan all along. Um, so yeah, around 2011, I arrived in Japan and um, obviously um, Tokyo was the main airport that I arrived at. Um, I didn't really know anything else. Um, that was just, you know, the one place. But I knew that I was also interested in going to Kyoto. So I arrived in Tokyo and my plan was to spend uh, the first half of my trip. I was actually going to stay there for a couple of weeks and I was going to spend the first like week or a week and a half in Tokyo and then the final part in Kyoto. I actually arrived in Tokyo and immediately wanted to leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I always love the nature, right? I'm not I'm not a huge city person, and so when I arrived in Tokyo, I was like, "Whoa, it's very gray, and there's wires everywhere, and it's very kind of suppressive." Um, you know what? Let's go to Kyoto early and let's just check that out. And if it's not cool, <laughs> we can come back and explore Tokyo after. So we spent one day in Akihabara just because. It's the video game place, so yeah. check it out. Yeah, um, and that was fine. And then, and then we went straight to Kyoto. And the second I was on the Shinkansen, um, heading into Kyoto, I was just like, I love this place. <laughs> I, lo I love Japan. Um, and so that was kind of for me the moment that I arrived in Japan was 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 when I headed to, to Tokyo on the Shinkansen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got out of Tokyo and yeah. <laughs> But that's awesome because I kind of share that sentiment too. Every time oh, I yeah. arrive in Japan, it's like, okay, avoid Tokyo at all costs. <laughs> yeah. And I usually do stay in Kyoto a lot. Like Kyoto is kind of like my hub and then I just travel around. Mm. Um, so I totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. The feeling. Yeah. It's a really, really nice place. It is. It is. Yeah. It, it is. And I, my study abroad, I did a year in Tokyo. So I stayed, I lived in Tokyo and I can oh, totally wow. relate to what she said, like the feeling right. of arriving and just seeing like this metropolis, like, you know, like just overwhelming you as you're taking the train into the city and you see more and more buildings and more and more wires and more and more trains converging on one another, you know, like into stations at Nagano, uh, not Nagano, uh, Ueno and, and, uh, wherever also, I forget the other name of the station. Nishinipori, yeah. I think is what it is. But, uh, right. yeah, like, it's just completely overwhelming and not for everybody. And that's the thing too. I think a lot of people don't yeah. realize that, Yeah. you know, there's more to Japan than just Tokyo. And I, I mean, people yeah. know that, but a lot of people yeah. see Tokyo and think Japan. Yeah. I, I, well, Tokyo is the center of opportunity in Japan. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is also technically seven cities combined into one or something. Like, I mean, you know? almost. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Very much. It, it, it's like a Midgar, yeah. if, if, if you know Final Fantasy, it's just this mega city, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I have a feeling we're going to do video game references this whole entire recording <laughs> for this interview, <laughs> which I'm totally okay with. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, what's we you brushed you brushed or you touched on it briefly earlier mm-hmm. um, that you st- you wanted to start learning Japanese and whatnot. Um, at what point did you start studying Japanese? What what is your relationship with the Japanese language? Like what may, like obviously your interest in Japan drove mm-hmm. some of that to there but what was like hey you know i i actually want to start like reading and speaking the language that i'm like interested in the country you know that, that country yeah absolutely um so japan was always my happy place right the 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 the, the things that brought joy to me was japan at, at, when i was younger i thought that was just a fantasy and 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 so i was mr responsible when i kind of suppress those feelings i was like no that's just fantasy yeah it makes you happy but that's not real life right Uh, i didn't realize until later i could make it real life it was only until i realized that japan was my future and this is definitely where i want to spend the rest of my life and you know grow myself and 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 everything and you know grow my life that was when i was like okay i'm going to learn japanese um and make that my you know number one um goal in life is to try and master japanese as much as i could so it was i had i had the most basic of japanese in in 2011 um i couldn't really put together sentences i I remember trying to talk to some local people and i could pretty much only say like kawaii kawaii Sayonara. <laughs> That's like pretty much <laughs> arigato. Oh, and sumimasen. I remember saying that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was about it. So it was but, it was when I decided that yeah, I wanted to spend the rest of my life in Japan. That was when I shifted my entire aspirations to um, yeah, mastering Japanese as much as I could. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, did you have like formal classroom learning after you came to Japan, or before, I mean, it sounded like you just kind of did some self study, right? Yeah, for the most yes. part. Okay. Yeah. Did you so, end up taking formal language le- lessons or anything like that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I kind of put my feet in, in in all the different ways of study, um, and kind of got a feel for as, as many different types as I could. Um, That's great. So, in the very very beginning, I remember before I did any formal studies, I started with video games. So I remember I tried to play like Dragon Quest Nine. I remember trying to read some Dragon Ball manga. I remember trying to uh, play Final Fantasy Seven, um, and I even played. Oh, there was a game on the DS. Um, My Japanese coach, I think, is what it was oh, called. Oh, I know that game. <laughs> yeah. I know that game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I used to use that to study Japanese. Um, and that was my very very beginning point, um, and. I, that was when I realized that like it's too overwhelming. I needed some help. I needed some structure first and I could just like go through the textbooks or I could actually just take classes. And I figured that classes would be the the right move because then I'd actually have, I have to study university anyway in order to move to Japan. So let's major in Japanese while we're at it. Right. So, um, so then I, yeah, I majored in Japanese um, at university for, not the reason for Korea, but just to improve my own Japanese. <laughs> hey, whatever works, right? Because yeah. I feel like ha- being able to speak the language opens up more doors in Japan than just like if you went in with a business degree, but you can't 
speak the language or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I feel that way yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that, ultimately, that, that... it would be better if you had a double major in business yeah. and Japanese. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually have that, and I can oh. still not speak Japanese fluently. Oh. So, like, I'm not. <laughs> and it, it flu- I know fluency is very, you know, fluid. <laughs> yeah, it's very vague. Word. What it means. Yeah, yeah, vague, but. Mine's definitely much more like having a couple beers and talking to people than like business right. jargon. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. Matt, I, well, I was just curious because like you said that you started with video games for yourself, but then you realized that what kind of wasn't enough and you needed right. more substance. Yeah. So, you know, my question right now is like kind of like I would assume you don't, but like, do you recommend video games as like your primary source of study or do you like, see it as more of like a supplement source of studying Japanese? Uh, I believe it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult uh, question to answer because I I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually trying to attempt to make video games something that you could use as a main um, I know you are. <laughs> however, however, um, if, if, if you didn't have, uh, if you didn't have people like me trying to do that, um, it would be very difficult to have as your main, right? Because where are your explanations? Um, right. It, 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 it can get quite overwhelming that being said though if you had the right approach to playing video games I think you could very well use it as a primary but I think for the general population um, using it as a supplementary is going to be probably the best thing for uh, most people <laughs> yeah no and, and that's 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 great because you know sometimes you you know people absorb things differently you know, mm. media, it could be video games that helps them understand something better, or it could be books, or it could be magazines, it could be watching movies. Um, yeah. You know, we've had a couple of other guests on in the past. Uh, last season, we had Daniel Morales, who helped us talk about learning Japanese and, and upping your language abilities through literature. Mm. Um, and season one, we had um, Matt vs. Japan on, and he helped us talk about like immersion learning and learning and basically right. just kind of immersing yourself in like watching TV or shows mm-hmm. or whatever movies in your in your target language so yeah. um were there any other types of things that you used to try to like help elevate your japanese level um whether it was in the beginning or along the way yeah so um so after after trying to use video games and finding that quite overwhelming right spending 30 minutes on one dialogue dialogue box and uh i realized i needed more um context so i started learning at university but um i this was my personal experience but i found it very slow um almost frustratingly so if if it's if it's something that you're wanting to major in it's way too slow um i think the first year was just um, hiragana, katakana, and maybe, like, I, I don't know, like maybe fifty kanji or something. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, for for a whole year, um, it, it really isn't that great. Um, so at that point, what I then did was I realized that university wasn't going to be enough. Um, and university in university ultimately is, it's more of a motivator. It gives you structure for someone who is who doesn't know how to study, who looks at this huge, deep sea of learning language and is overwhelmed by it, going to university can help you at least feel like you're on a path, right? But yeah. that, if, if that path is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is one type of path, 
It's designed to best fit all, but that doesn't mean it's going to fit you best. And for me personally, it didn't. So I had to find other ways to, um, to supplement (laughs) university study. Uh, So I did things like Anki. Um, I started playing games. Um, I started, um, I tried to read manga. Um, obviously slang was quite difficult at that stage because mm-hmm. you, if, you, if you don't even know the base language, learning the slang form is obviously going to be quite um, intimidating. Um, I did a lot of Anki. I used programs like Memrise. Um, I tried the approach of writing things down on a textbook. I used a kanji game called Kanken um, Training. I used that for mm-hmm. quite a bit. For I think I've heard training. of that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I did watch a lot of like Japanese media to try and get myself accustomed to listening to the Japanese sounds. That's such um, a big part of it. Just yeah. like hearing, like constantly mm-hmm. having that kind of like stimulus into your eardrums. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a couple of years before Japanese stopped being just a kind of jumble. <laughs> you know, yeah. was, you start actually cause... hearing the words and sentences, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if there's just one thing you don't understand, all, all of a sudden, everything becomes incomprehensible. You're like, "What? What just happened?" Your brain freaks out, and, yeah. and you need you need to get you need to get accustomed to not knowing. <laughs> like just, that's one yeah, of the most just going with the flow. Yeah, <laughs> like so being snap. okay. Yeah, being okay with not understanding. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay if you don't yeah. know. That's fine. You know, but it takes your brain a bit to get used to that. I, I one thing I'll, I'll mention. So you went to Japan in 2011, um, yeah. and did. At that point, I think iPhones and smartphones were really starting to take off. It was like 2009, I want to say, was when like the first iPhone came out in Japan. Maybe not first, Mm -hmm. but I remember it started to take off like 2008, 2009. That's when I was there. So I I wish that like that was in like the peak of my Japanese studies. So I wish I had some of those options now that that there's so many things out there like Anki and and apps and all these things that really kind of help push your... Whatever you want to do, whether it's verbal or sp- spoken or listening or whatever, there's so many things out there that help you with your studies that weren't available when I was there. And I'm just like, I had those actual like index cards that I would cut and write on the front. Like the, <laughs> Me the, too. The, yeah. the katakana yeah. or the hiragana and on the back would write the kanji. And then yeah. the definition Flash would be in the very bottom right corner. You know, like it would be, yeah. uh, I, I just, yeah, there was an opportunity I remember there. the struggle. I just, I just missed that on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technology has changed the way you can learn a language. Like it's really has completely different experience now. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, speaking I of language imagine. learning, um, you know, let's say you know someone chooses video games as their choice. Th- yeah. They're determined, and you know what? Good for them. <laughs> um, you know, what would be your best recommendation for like identifying a good starting point for them, and then like. You know, is there anything that they should be doing before diving straight into their favorite video game to study? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'd, I'd like to just reiterate on my previous point that I do actually think you could use video games as a, a primary platform if you wanted to. Uh, I definitely believe that you could. Whether I would recommend it is, is a different thing, right? Because <laughs> um, it is quite a challenge. But if you're willing mm. to take that challenge, if you're so determined that you want to play this game no matter what, then that is enough motivation for you to definitely be the correct choice. Definitely, no question. Because you're motivated. That's the most important thing because that's what's going to keep you coming at it. Um, In terms of, was it tools to... 
well not tools but like a good starting point and like you know right so like should they be should there be any like prep before they dive into like a video game to start studying right yeah so i would say once you are past the kind of n5 n4 level of grammar then you probably know most of the common grammar that you will come across and it will make your life much easier to then get into video games you don't have to know all of that but it could help you um, making that frustration less um, because that's one thing that i think is the most important thing is grammar is actually one of the simplest and most important things for you to learn in the beginning because vocabulary there are thousands tens of thousands twenty thousand thirty thousand words to learn you'll never stop learning words every day i come across new words <laughs> so vocabulary is not where you want to start grammar is where you should start because then that will give you the tools to then approach sentences approach language because you're always going to come across words you don't know you have to get used to that it's never going to end <laughs> i'm always coming across new words but grammar not so much right usually the same grammar is being used all the time so if you can get familiar with the core grammar that's most used, that's going to give you a great um, tool base to be able to actually um, get into playing video games. So I think that generally the N4-ish level is, is good. And that's actually the reason why I made the N5 and the N4 grammar videos um, as quickly as I could, because that's kind of what can help, can help you get into games. Yeah, I love those videos, FYI. <laughs> I use them all the time. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, actually, you know, when I do go to Japan, you know, I love to visit Book Off. Uh, not only mm. because they have, like, used manga, but they also have used video games. And I, I can use that as study material. At least that's what I think to myself. So, like, you know, I go over there and, like, my husband and I were scattering the video game section. And we're like, hey, what should we buy? And he's going for, like, the mario kart and all that and i'm just like no i want something that i can like do a lot of reading try and study and you know even though i have this aspiration to use it as like study mm. material i turn on the game and then like i just get so frustrated with myself and i'm just like mm. i know this word but what is he trying to say or like you know mm. i just get really really flustered just reading all that dialogue sometimes um so, like, at what point were you confident enough in your ability to, you know, decide to be like video games is how it's going to be and how I'm going to study and how I'm going to teach others to study? Right. And, um, you know, I actually also want to know what was your first Japanese video game that you were able oh, to play through okay. completion in Japanese? Right. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, so, so I'm just going to rewind a little bit. Uh, oh, book yeah. off, best place in all of Japan. Book off <laughs> is, is the best. <laughs> I, I, I've actually put a, a, a self-ban on going to Book Off because I, I can't hold myself back from coming back with like a huge stack of books or games or whatever. I can't. It's the best place to go. Um, it to is. Buy it really is. Have. Just take my wallet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have space in my house, okay? My house in Japan is too small. I can't go to Book Off. It's such a great place. Like you can get games for like a dollar, two dollars. You can get books for I know. $2. It's amazing. It is heaven for a Japanese language learner. Um, it is. So, so again, uh, uh, after that, um, what was the next question after that? 
<laughs> I was just trying was, to... no, When were good, you confident good. enough to yeah. say, all right, yeah. I'm going to play through this game in Japanese? Yeah. Um, so I think one thing that I think is really important for learners of Japanese to perhaps uh, understand is that there is no kind of magical point where you're just going to be like, I'm ready for this because you actually have to do the thing in order to be able to do the thing. Like mm -hmm. I, I went to the vet the other day and I couldn't do it because I didn't have the experience talking with a doctor about animals sickness. I didn't have that experience. I didn't know those vocabulary because I hadn't experienced that situation. So it's the same thing with video games. It's going to be, um, kind of a frustrating experience in the beginning, no matter what you do, speaking with people, playing video games, reading books. So getting, personally, I think getting tools to help you overcome those challenges and make it as less frustrating as possible is what can help you get ready. And so that's actually what I did. So I did study a lot. Um, I cram studied Anki as much as I could, but even at that point, even after I think I studied, I think maybe 4,000, 6,000 vocabulary or something on Anki, I still had difficulty playing video games. So what actually helped me be able to play video games was just getting through my first game. That was the most helpful experience. Same thing with getting through my first novel. Getting through that first one, once you go through all of the challenges, the frustrations, all of that, by the time you get at the end of it, you'll be at a level where you're now beyond that. You're not going to have those same frustrations anymore, right? And it's just going to keep on getting easier and easier the more you do it. So that's why I believe the most important thing is the tools that you have to help you. So I, um, I started in the beginning trying to play Final Fantasy VII. And then I decided that was going to be the first game I was going to play. So what I did was I was playing the game in Final Fantasy. I was playing the game and uh, I used to look things up. I used to like write down the kanji in my mobile phone and look things up. And that was really, really frustrating, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm sick of this. I can't find the kanji. Oh, I'm wasting five minutes. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore, right? There's all these kind of things that can cause you to get frustrated. What yeah. I found that really helped me was finding a game script. That is what changed my life. Because if you can find a game script of a game that you're interested in, or if you can even find just a game that you're willing to play that has a game script, use that as kind of training wheels to help you through the first game. Because like you said, there's some great technology available now. And you can use things like browser add-ons like Yomi-chan, 1010, all these kind of different browser add-ons to instantly highlight a word and look up the answer. So what I did was I played Final Fantasy VII and I would read along with the script as I play. And that kind of helped me get over those initial, ah, oh, I don't understand, ah, oh, what's going on? Because it was kind of like having training wheels, right? I didn't immediately yeah. try to ride the bike. I rode a, a, a training bike first. And I did the same thing with my first book. I read my first book on Kindle. And I used to just press the buttons and like read, highlight, press the button, and it would tell you the definition. And that helped you get the, that experience um, in order to read. And then by the time you get, it's really frustrating <laughs> and very overwhelming. But once you get past that first one, 
all of a sudden I can do this, right? It's no longer frustrating. So I think find tools that's going to help you get over and get through your first challenge. And you'll definitely uh, be at a good point after that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because of the, the, what is it? I think it's Google, like, I don't know if it's Google translate or a different app, but we had, um, like a Japanese TV show on our TV here and there were kanji on the screen. I could, uh, and my parents were over and I was just trying to show off. Like, you know, I, like <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what this means. I, like, like, I actually studied you, you know, like look at college and living in Japan did for me, you know, like, and blah, blah, blah. but, uh, like you can take like a, your camera and like mm-hmm. kind of hover over the words and it'll highlight and translate it on your camera. Like it'll like pick up the mm-hmm. word and then do an instant translation and tell you mm-hmm. in English. Not that I need to necessarily see it in English to understand what it is, but like, I just couldn't read the kanji at that point. Mm-hmm. So, but like it does that and that, that, that technology is available. So if you're playing a game on your TV, you could just do that with your phone. And like, I'm sure there's apps to do like kanji to, you know, uh, kanji to hiragana. Or, you know, kanji to English. You know, there, there's things that can help you do that yeah. um, nowadays that wasn't there. And again, it's so amazing because I, I always see like the little like barcode or picture thing on Google Translate, but I never tried it. And once I did it, I was like, holy crap, this, yeah. this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually just found that out. Um, one of the members on on the Discord, uh, Game Ganger Discord, we were talking about this like new technology that we found. Um, like, Have you heard of Google Lens? Yeah, maybe that's what I was using. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Google Lens is now on your browser, on your computer. So oh, you can what? actually go to Google Lens. I think you need to go on Google Chrome in order to use it. But you can drag an image from your desktop onto the web browser and you can instantly read all the text. And it is insanely, insanely accurate. Okay. I'm searching wow. for these tools. This is the most accurate one I've ever found. I tested it as much as I could. I tested it on um, games that had really difficult to read text, retro games that had really old 8 bit texts, and even manga, manga that had really handwritten um, writing. It 100% read every single thing correctly wow. for my tests. That is insane. It is so, the advancements in that is crazy. Yeah. So good to know. Yeah, I, I Google I, Lens. That Google Lens, man, <laughs> right there. Um, we we kind of talked a little bit about kanji just now, but then also earlier, and you know, grammar and vocabulary are very important. Um, mm. And you had mentioned that you kind of would run across when playing Final Fantasy VII, you'd run across like kanji that you were, you know, yeah. having to look up and whatnot. Those are obvious hurdles that people encounter when playing these like foreign language games. Like I, I, yeah. I you know, some games. They maybe only use hiragana, like especially the ones that are geared more towards kids. I feel like, mm-hmm. like Pokemon and and Animal Crossing and things like that. They don't really use kanji too much, which you think would be helpful, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't know where words start and stop. Um, so, so you know, outside of those, that kind of like those common hurdles that people have. Mm-hmm. What are some other hurdle, hurdles folks may encounter um, when playing a game in Japanese? That you've know that you've noticed or come across. I think finding the right game for you is the first big hurdle because just because you like something doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like meticulously going over every line of dialogue, frustratingly trying to to understand it. Right? Um, yeah. That that is something that I think a lot of people are wanting to find like the right game for them. Um, I think another one is not only finding the right game for them, but the game that allows them at their level that matches their level. 
right? Because you, th there are games that have push to continue. There are games that move on their own speed. There are games that have furigana. There are games that have voice acting. There are mm -hmm. games that when you press the pause button, it has a transparent screen. So you can still read what's happening. So you could press pause in a cutscene and still read it. But there are other games that you can't. And I think like finding those things can be quite um, challenging. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah I never considered that. You you just opened up so many screen, yeah. so many like <laughs> questions for me. Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. Like, did you ever did you ever have issues with like you mentioned slang earlier when you were early learning stages? Yeah. Like slang is tough because you read it, it's not always going to be in the dictionary, um, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's contextual, like slang. Mm -hmm. You know, there's or dialects from different parts of the country that maybe characters will use that are unique to Osaka or Hokkaido or Aomori or, you know, like different areas of the country. Absolutely. And people who are natural native Japanese speakers will understand and pick that up as they're, as they're playing the game. But mm -hmm. as a foreign learner, you know, that, 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 um, those dialects, you know, it kind of flies over our head and we're like, what the hell? Like, what is Wakata hen? You know, like, like what is yeah. like, what are, what is, what is this? I can't find it yeah. in a dictionary anywhere. Um, so like, is that something you kind of ran into as well? Like when you're in Absolutely. like kind of early stages learning? Absolutely. I think that's probably the, what the, the most difficult thing, um, that I came across because when you learn Japanese, for some reason, I don't know why, uh, I guess there are reasons that make sense, but I don't see it as very, um, useful, but Japanese at schools and in textbooks always teach you the must form first. And that is the most complicated. <laughs> it would be much simpler to teach you the, the dictionary form first because everything evolves from that. It doesn't evolve from the must form. The must form is an evolution of the dictionary form, but we're taught that the must form is the beginning. I think that kind of complicates things for learners um, because then you have to move like three steps back just to get back to slang language, right? Uh, which can get quite uh, difficult. But slang language and, and dialects are definitely some of the most challenging language for learners because there are no great resources really for them um i have actually been thinking a lot lately that i'd like to cover more of them uh in some videos and actually make some videos on slang as well as for example the kansai dialect that you just mentioned before yeah um, i was just about to say that for you i was mm. like you're in kansai you should be doing like kansai study <laughs> <laughs> I, I am i am actually um collecting a spreadsheet of every kansai character that i come across when i'm collecting footage and i'm like collecting uh kind of slowly building a huge video but i'm, I'm just trying to figure That's out whether awesome. i should do it bit by bit or whether i should release like a huge kansai ben video or not um but uh, back to the question um yeah it's really, really difficult. And uh, finding the answer is the hardest part because when slang, there is no, you know, kind of dictionary definition that you can find so easily. You kind of have to maybe find like high native <laughs> people that write explanations or something. And then same thing with, with, with dialects. Sometimes it's not clear that it even is a dialect. Um, so that can be quite challenging. Actually, um, one game that's most recommended to beginners is a game called Nino Kuni. And that game, yes, it has voice acting. Yes, it's beautiful Ghibli game. Yes, it has uh, Furigana voice acting. It, sh it seems to be very approachable, but then your main sidekick is literally an, Os an Osakan uh, comedian who speaks in a very, very, very strong Osaka dialect. <laughs> like every second <laughs> sentence is, is super strong um, Osaka comedian dialect. Um, 
and that that's a huge challenge yeah do you recommend um i'm trying to make sure i'm not jumping ahead on, on the question here yeah um <laughs> but like is there's like fantasy games and then there's like real world kind of stuff mm, like that's like, a good question yeah. that's like yeah, kind of a a a hurdle as well because like you mentioned like when you went to the vet there was a lot of vocabulary you didn't know because you had never been in that experience and i feel like sometimes that same thing with fantasy but fantasy creates its own vocabulary like pokemon and all those you know those world building games they have their own like words that you make up will never use outside of that game so i guess how how like how have you kind of jumped that hurdle too like at what point did you realize oh you know what this world, this word really doesn't mean anything outside of the context of Pokemon. Like, right. you know, like this, this word, I don't even know. I can't even think of an example, but yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a great question because it, it is something that a lot of people don't think about, right? That um, people, I, I know a lot of learners feel like if they just study that Anki deck that has the top six eight ten k words or whatever they're going to be ready everything's going to be easy now they're going to jump into media and it's all going to be nice and smooth and then it's not because you didn't study the right language (laughs) you studied business language you studied travel language you studied (laughs) formal language you didn't study um, a fantasy setting where a king is talking to a princess about a murder of a son or something Um, yeah i think that is something that is really worth considering, um, especially when you're thinking about using media to help you um, study. What kind of genres are you most interested in, right? Um, for example, I'm really big on the fantasy genre. And so for me, I've, I've noticed that, you know, if, if I pick up any fantasy game, I'll be able to pick it up much easier. Uh, same with like detective novels and stuff like that. I really like those type of games. But if I pick up something like, even law, like for example, Ace Attorney, um, law language, not really interested in that. To me, it's kind of stiff and boring. Uh, and so all of a sudden the difficulty, and you would think that, hang on a second, I've been studying Japanese for 10 years. That should be easy. It's not. <laughs> no. you, need to, you need to do it in order to, you know, be able to, um, to do it. <laughs> and, and especially and with those like dialogue driven games, right? Like it's kind yeah. of, they're bouncing off each other. So it's very natural and flow. And Sometimes the reply, the reply may not house all the same words that, you know, if the sentence was living by itself, they may add a few extra words into it to kind of build it into a proper sentence. But mm-hmm. in a reply, it may be 100% contingent on the initial question or the initial sentence that they're replying to. Yeah. So it's a lot of context driven stuff, too, when you have those like dialogue games with with uh, vocabulary. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's a really good idea to if you're wanting to learn as much language as possible actually having a variety of different things learning from is really going to benefit you i don't think it's a good idea to just study with the textbooks because you're not going to get most of the language but the same thing i don't think it's a good idea to just study with pokemon because <laughs> you're not yeah. going to get everything else right i think finding what you're interested in and getting a really nice balance of as many genres as you can is going to give you the most development um, in your language ability for sure well, I actually have a question because we you kind of hinted at it, it sounded like. So I want to kind of like go back on it. And, okay. you know, for people who are trying to use video games to study Japanese language, you know, what 
what recommendations would you make for like video games on each level? So like what video game do you think is the best for beginners? What do you think would be the best for intermediates? And what do you think would be the best for advanced learners of the Japanese mm. language? Absolutely. So each of those levels require a different approach. So if you are a complete beginner, uh, obviously, no matter what native material you use, it's going to be challenging, right? Because there's so much you're not going to know. And you're likely using most of the foundation that you have on very textbook formal language. So you're going to be even more out of reach. You're not going to have any connection with how kids talk, how Obachans and Ojichans talk. There's going to be so much that you're not going to understand. So I don't actually necessarily believe that there is a game that is just great for beginners just because it's that's what it is, because it's still aimed at native speakers. And native speakers are going to know so much stuff that's not taught in the textbooks. So I think finding a game that has the right tools is what's going to help you the most. And so for me, without question, find a game that you can progress at your own speed, push to to push to continue. Make sure it has um, furigana if possible. Voice acting is going to be amazing if you can. And then the last thing that's just amazing god tier, oh my god, the, the, the god's sun is shining on you. If you can find a game that has a chat log to be able to actually um, reread past sentences and replay the audio. Um, so for a beginner, you're wanting to get as much of those as you can. Um, for some reason, Pokemon is often recommended to people to learn Japanese with. And I actually think Pokemon's one of the hardest games because it's actually really difficult to read just in Kana without Kanji. Or it's very difficult to read kanji without furigana or voice acting. So I wouldn't actually um, recommend that. Something, as far as an actual game, it's really difficult to say this game is good for beginners. I really think finding the genre that you're interested in with the tools that fit your needs is what's going to help you the most. Um, my personal recommendation for beginners is use a game script. That is going to help you the most. Um, if using a game script with tools like Yomi-chan, where you can highlight and look at the definitions, is going to give you almost everything you need. Um, where, just to interrupt you for one second, where can people find those game scripts? I'm not, I'm personally, I have no idea. So is that, yeah. is that something that's easy, easily accessible if they're available? Uh, it's, 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 it's not incredibly easily accessible. As far as I know, um, there is a person, uh, called Joe Mako. And they've compiled a list. Um, I have a list on my Discord server. And outside of that, the only way I know of finding game scripts is typing in um, the game name. And then you could write um, like Serifu Shu. Uh, and that is like the line compilation. And so you can find game scripts that way. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it, it is challenging. It's it's not super easy. But Joe Marco um, does actually have a spreadsheet available online. Just by typing in his name, you should be able to actually find a decent compilation of um, of some game scripts that you can check out. Um, you can also type in the game name with Japanese script. For example, I know you can find the Final Fantasy VII script that way if you do that. Um, and it has language side by side, Japanese and English. You can read at the same time, which is really nice. 
That's okay, cool. so these are kind of like unofficial, like these aren't actually issued by like games or per, like manufacturers. Okay, gotcha. No, no, I, like I fan, don't know. Fan made, like <laughs> yeah. kind of fan dictated or not dictated. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Notated. Yeah. No, okay. no, no. I would love, please, video game companies, please release right. some books that have <laughs> English, Japanese side by side. I, I will pay so much money. I, I would love that. Saying. I feel like it's a, you could print a book. And I mean, I don't know how much that would cost to do that. And I don't know if people would buy it, but I feel like there's a market for it. There yeah, is definitely. a market, yeah. A very niche yeah. one, I think, but it would definitely there is a market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> collectors even there's... would be interested in that. You know, like mm, yeah, definitely collectors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you did a really good job at explaining like what beginner um, games mm-hmm. like how they should approach it. But so, would you say that there are specific games for like intermediate and advanced that you can recommend for sure? Yeah, yeah. So for for beginners, finding those tools is the most important. For intermediate, um, it depends on how confident you are and, and, and how willing you are to, to go through something. But I would still recommend for the intermediate um, person to still try and get as much of those as you can, Furigana, voice acting, um, game scripts, if you can, or something that you're passionate about. Like, for example, if you're really into... What's something that doesn't have a game script? If you're really into, I don't know, I don't Final know, Fantasy fourteen online. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say you're really into Final Fantasy fourteen online and you spend a lot of time on that, right? That's a really popular game. Uh, that doesn't have a game script, right? I think once you're at the intermediate level, it's definitely a good time for you to start exploring the things that you're really interested in. Um, I think at the beginning level, you should just try and get your first game down if you can. Right, just try and use as much tools, as much training wheels as you can to give you that experience. Right, then once you're at a higher level, um, then it's maybe time for you to explore a little bit with a little bit more advanced frustration, trying to do it on your own. <laughs> um, again, though, the tools are going to be what's going to help you. Um, as far as an actual game goes, it really depends on your interests. I, 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 I could personally say, I think you should go play 13 Sentinels because that's an incredible game. It has voice acting. It has replayable audio. It has chat logs. It's so pretty. It's so interesting. But if you are not, if you're not really interested in kind of sci-fi anime art style, then you, you might not like it. Right. I love it. I think it's one of the best games ever made, but is it going to be <laughs> the best for you? I can't say that. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I really feel like tools is, is the most important thing. So at an intermediate level, you should start looking at how are you going to look up kanji that you don't know? So um, uh, just like you said before about um, using your mobile phone, you could use your mobile phone to look up things um, with your phone. I wouldn't recommend the method you you mentioned with the photo, like instant translation, because that's yeah. kind of like just getting the answer, but not really that's getting cheating, the learning yeah, yeah. process. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but if you can get something that can give you a text form of the kanji, that's the most beneficial. Um, there is actually an, uh, a program on your computer uh, that you can get um, called Kanji Tomo. That's pretty cool. Uh, it can highlight over things. There are also OCR readers that you can use for things like visual novels um, that also do the same thing, help you highlight the screen and get dictionary definitions. Um, and Google Lens, like we said before. Um but at an intermediate level, if I had to say a game that I would recommend, um, 
13 Sentinels. There is um, a detective game on the Nintendo Switch. That's a really good one as well. That also has Furigana and voice acting and push to continue. So it's something you can really take at your own pace. Yorkai Watch is pretty good. Um, but Yorkai Watch does have a little bit more challenging with some of the slang because they are it's based around kids and kids use a lot of slang. Uh, and there's a lot of puns as well that might go over your head, but it's oh, definitely yeah. definitely a fun one. Um, and Nino Kuni is also great, but you got to watch out for the Osaka <laughs> dialect. <laughs> just try and maybe ignore that for the for the time being, and <laughs> just have fun. So, would you say for like advanced learners, it's kind of like a free range, like go for it, or would you say like there's one game that like you feel would be challenging enough for advanced learners? So I think you're always going to come across new language. I don't think that any honest language learner can say that they can play through a whole game and never come across anything new, right? I think you're always going to come across new language. Yeah. So there are ones that are more difficult than others. Um, for example, um, one of the games that came out recently that I absolutely adore door and it's got all of the the tools that i mentioned um triangle strategy on the nintendo switch is oh my god i love that game so much <laughs> it has <laughs> it has voice acting push to continue it has a chat log of the entire games so you can replay the audio whenever you want but it's set in game of thrones world with dukedoms and kings and queens and you know traitors and merchants and things like that uh, obviously <laughs> quite more difficult language right yeah. It's the same thing for advanced uh, level students. You would be perhaps able to more approach those things, but you're still going to come across stuff you don't know. Um, it, that's just a natural um, part of you know learning a language, especially something as, as deep and as rich as Japanese. Unless you have something like 50,000 words under your belt, you're probably going <laughs> to uh, come across yeah. new language. Adv recommended for advanced level students, though, yeah, I guess you could just go on a on a free range um, with things that you're interested in. Again, the tools are what's going to really help you overcome your challenges. I think it there's no need to do things on the difficult mode, right? Nowadays, with all the tools that we have, um, you can look things up with stroke order. You can take photos. You can do that kind of stuff. So utilize that, and it will really help you. So, so what kind, which game do you feel challenged you the most in like the past, like, let's say like last few years, if you yeah, had a, a like one game that really challenged you, that made you really kind of like, made you want to pull your hair out <laughs> like, <laughs> tough to work through. Um, do you have something like that? A game that really challenged me recently. Hang on a second. I'm just gonna have a very, very, very quick look at my library. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the one that really gets me is um, when um, when font is difficult to read or when there's a lot of katakana, um, when characters yeah. speak in just katakana, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh. I, that's the only time I'll skip something. When, when, like, when like a pirate or something, just all of a sudden the whole sentence is in katakana, I'm like, I like don't care next. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. It's not that important. Um, what's something that's really, 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 really difficult? Actually, you know, I've been playing near replicant lately, um, and it's it's difficult 
um, because the story itself is so difficult. <laughs> yeah, the story is so con- uh, convoluted and, and it doesn't quite tell you the whole picture, and you have to pick up a lot through what's happening. And then doing that from a language learner's perspective, it's actually been quite challenging. Like I, I finished it, and, and and I'm just like, wait, what happened? <laughs> and it was it was quite a bit that kind of um, went over my head. Metal Gear Solid Five can be a bit challenging with all of the military speech. So for for you though, it, it like comes back to the like the spe- like the, depending on like the the language used, and if the, if you're not familiar with the context or like the yeah that jargon, maybe that goes mm-hmm. with the genre that you're you're playing or attempting to play. It kind of yep. comes down to that. and then sentences of katakana, like which I totally feel because I just read it out slowly. I don't know what it is. I can read hiragana like full speed, like normal, like whatever, mm-hmm. no problem. But as soon as I hit that that string of like seven to ten katakana at least, it's like, uh, you know, it sounded out. I like babyfy my like Japanese. I don't know what it is because I'm maybe trying to change it into English in my mind, saying, "Oh, this has got to be a a borrowed word." Um, yeah, that that's always like I, I can read katakana no problem, mm-hmm. but it's just mentally like getting over that roadblock of like treating katakana like hiragana when sounding it out out loud or even yeah. reading it has been a, a challenge for me in just the duration of my japanese language studying absolutely yeah i think games that don't have voice acting um have probably been the most challenging to play um more so because it doesn't hold my attention span quite as easily um, I think I've been a bit spoilt with all of the wonderful you know, <laughs> voice acting that we've had lately with video games. I, I try and go and play back like the old school Final Fantasies. And like, I love Final Fantasy. It's like one of my favorite genres, but I'm just like, oh, you, you could voice act this. Come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Um, and, and like Pokemon, another one, it's it's pretty hard to, to, to get through it because you're like, ah, oh, more text, text, text. Yeah. It, it, can, it can get a bit dull. Um, I get like that in English with Pokemon sometimes. It's like, stop yeah. talking. I don't, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Move yeah. along. I want to catch Pokemon. Just want to go catch some shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had one more question for you. Um, you know, a big part of like learning language is like making mistakes and learning from them. And that's kind of sometimes your best teacher, you know, like, mm. and this doesn't necessarily have to apply to video games, but just in general. Um, so like, what is it like? Do you have a time that you made like some kind of like silly mistake and that became a fantastic memory and something that you never forgot in Japanese. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously I've, I've made a lot of mistakes as, as you do when you learn a language. Um, oh, yes. I've made, I've made all the typical ones. Like I accidentally called a girl uh, kawaii when I meant to say kawaii and she got a bit offended and I was like, Oh no, I didn't say you're scary. I meant you're cute. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, um, yeah, there's been, there's, there's been mistakes. One that, that I could think of, um, I usually just let mistakes just kind of fly by. I don't really focus on them too much, but one that I remember that really stuck with me was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was studying abroad in Japan. Um, I, I, I didn't cover that before, but I, I did actually study abroad for a year, um, in my third year of university and I studied abroad uh, in the Kansai region and I remember I was talking with a friend in the computer room and we're trying to be really really quiet um, because it's the computer room and it's Japan so even more so (laughs) trying to be you know polite and quiet 
But I remember we were working on one of my, um, I was doing like a translation project. Like I was trying to work on um, writing a huge speech in Japanese and and then working on that. And I was going to do a big speech. And I was getting some help with, with my work. And at the time, I had been cramming a whole bunch of Anki into my head. Uh, that's how I spent that that year in study abroad. I was just living on Anki, like all day. I would wake up, start Ankiing. I would, on the bus, Anki, 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 Anki. I would, on the train, Anki, 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 Anki. I'd be eating food, Anki, Anki, Anki. I'd be talking to people, Anki, <laughs> It was constantly <laughs> trying to, to cram words into my head. Uh, don't do that, by the way. It's really not a good idea. <laughs> um, but that's, that's what I did. And I learned all of this really formal language, but there was no way of me telling with context how useful that piece of language was. When you learn something as a flashcard, everything is base level, the same usefulness. You don't know how useful something is, and you don't even know the context that you need to use it in. You've just learned this is another word for this. Okay. And then you try and use it. And sometimes you might lead some interesting situations where a Japanese person doesn't know what you're saying because no one uses that, right? Um, A lot of language in Japanese is like that. So there was this one word that I learned um, for to um, kind of join, right? To unite, uh, which is ketsugo, right? And that word is an N1 piece of language um, and it's not really used too much i didn't know i just thought it was like the same word that i was used to join to join something uh and so this is a kind of chemistry word you don't really usually use it it's talked about when elements join together but i tried to use it and say it but i'd just been listening to my unky flashcards, and there was a kind of formal news reporter talking and they were speaking it with this um nasal uh g sound i don't know if you're familiar with the sound but yeah uh, i believe dogen has done a video on it where the g can kind of go in a, like <laughs> like mm, uh, a, yeah. a kind of <laughs> sound right <Yeah. laughs> i can't remember what it was called was it like bidai hmm? bidai so i forgot what the, what the i was just watching a dogen video about it but i forgot what it's called but th- that thing the nasally sound of the g right so I was trying to say the same thing. I was trying to practice using that nasally sound with the person. And so I said, um, talking about my essay, putting it together, I said, ketsunyo. And ketsunyo <laughs> is actually a different word. <laughs> Something you don't <laughs> want to say in the middle of a, uh, in the middle of a uh, computer room. Uh, this means a bloody uh, urine. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so ketsu is, is is with the blood, and then nyo is for urine. Um, oh, and they burst out laughing like so hard because I was like, "Let's bloody urine this!" <laughs> and they're like, "What?" <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and, I just, um, looked, up, I just yeah. looked up the kanji for it. It's, it. It literally is just blood yeah. and urine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was so embarrassed. I was like. What did I say? And then I realized, because I, I knew the word, because I also learned that, oh, no, what did I say? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Because they were like a poor, such a pure person, right? Like, I never would imagine saying such a dirty thing to such a pure person. 
Um, and, 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 and I was just like, let's bloody year on this. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, I've never forgotten that. Um, <laughs> I would hope not. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, since that, that day, I remember what never... bloody urine is. <laughs> I've never the crazy used thing is like, the... when are you ever going to use that? Like, no. outside of never. You know, hopefully, never. never. Well, hopefully, hopefully never. never. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps to a doctor if you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. But at that yeah. point, you'd be like, my pee has blood. You know, yeah. <laughs> help me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How yeah. we kind of. <laughs> yeah, uh, but since then I actually have decided not to use the nasally <laughs> sound. Good decision. Good yeah, decision. Like, I'm just yeah. gonna sound like like I'll have a foreigner accent. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was actually a consequence of using um, media that doesn't have any context. I was just yeah. using. I was listening mm. to a broadcaster speaking broadcaster speech using the the nasally um, G sound. And I thought that was useful because that's what I was studying. And then when I tried to use it, <laughs> so Not context, so people, <laughs> context yeah. is very important. <laughs> it really is. And I mean, that's a great point with the Anki stuff, though. It's like you go in like I know a lot of people will look up like, hey, how do you say this in Japanese? They'll type up that word into like a like Google Translate or to type it up into or look it up in a dictionary. And it'll give yeah. you like 15 different like kanji compounds. That yeah. match it and you're like okay well which context does this fit into and that's something i've yep. run into like yeah. constantly like just Absolutely. knowing which one and obviously over time you figure it out some of them mm-hmm. um if you use it enough but but yeah <laughs> context is, is you might find yourself in a, in a ketsin, <laughs> yeah. ketsin situation right <laughs> no you know you don't you don't want to do that yeah and that's actually one of the main reasons why um i wanted to do game gengo because I kind of looked at the the Japanese learning environment and there wasn't really anything that taught with context. Like you have really good resources for for learning and you even have some good resources where, you know, Japanese people act out plays together like uh, Nihongo no Mori is a really great website for learning Japanese. But I just felt like it wasn't real context. It was kind of like a a, a clean environment that was like graded language. But there wasn't too much out there that was teaching with actual context. And I felt that was what was really important to get a feel for how language is used. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what motivates me to. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. I, I haven't had a chance to check out a lot of your videos. I did watch some of the uh, the N1, N5 and N4 ones. That was really awesome. I, I like the <laughs> approach that you're taking there. So that's really cool. I have, I'm going to kind of go through your library. I, <laughs> now, that, now that we talked, I'm like, I'm really super interested in finding out what you have out there. Cause oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just, it's really interesting and it's a great approach. Cause I know a lot of people out there. Yeah. It's really good stuff because one of your more recent videos in the last, I think week it was that you released it. You did like a whole list of like words that you could find. I think it wasn't a final fantasy game. If I had to remember, I think it was like a final fantasy list and I was like, I kind of did that with Inuyasha, the anime. I would like have a list of all the words Inuyasha uses in like the anime. And so it kind of reminded me of that. I was like, I love this kind of stuff. Like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that kind of essential language is quite interesting where you can look at like a language that is, as you were saying before, language that perhaps only exists in Pokemon, <laughs> language that perhaps only exists in this one context. Uh, yeah. yeah. Learning that. Well, it was amazing to talk with you. I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. And I think Doug and I learned so much. And I'm sure our listeners are going to learn so much. But if our listeners want to learn more, where can they find you and your stuff? Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, you can find me on 
uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, and I believe even Instagram, <laughs> although I don't use it too much. Uh, just by just with Game Gengo. Um, that's uh, uh, Gengo is Japanese for language. If you didn't uh, know, <laughs> so that's G E N G O. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, yeah. So Game Gengo. Not. Gengyo, right? Not Gengyo. Oh my god. No, no. No. Gengyo. No, please no. Well, yeah, definitely go check out Matt on his channel Game Gengo. It's really amazing. I totally recommend it. Great channel, great source for study. And Matt, just thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Oh. We always wanted to do a video game learning kind of segment on our podcast and I'm so glad that you were able to come on and be our guest for it. Oh, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Um, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it yeah. was really nice meeting you. And and again, I'm going to go check out your library. I'm not a big YouTuber. <laughs> and like I said, it's nothing personal. You can ask Jen. Like, yeah, he's I just don't really get on YouTube much. YouTube. I'm a noob. I, right. I, I don't know why. I just never embrace like being that YouTube rabbit hole person. So I'll, I'll watch a video here and there. Then I get off. I don't right. like, <laughs> I don't like fall into the trap. I don't say trap, but I don't, I don't go into the uh, YouTube algorithm of watching all these videos so but when i do find something that i really like i do go and watch it so i'm going to check out more of your stuff because it sounds super interesting especially having talked to you here and learned it learned a lot more thanks i'll have to make a, a learn japanese with halo and uh maybe that oh, yeah. <laughs> all you need to know is i can't even say the words i was saying on here because we try to keep it somewhat so we don't get the explicit rating on our, our podcast, oh okay but, okay like, right you can see my right. language <laughs> I have actually used one example from Halo. There is a Japanese dub for Halo, which is really cool. But... <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners are going to love this episode. So thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. And like that, this week's journey comes to an end. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. In today's episode, we talked about using our love of video games to help us learn Japanese. We were joined by Matt of Game Gengo to help shine the light on how you can immerse yourself in language through video games and what approaches you can take. Bought any Japanese video games in hopes of using to learn Japanese? Pick it up and give it a playthrough. Maybe even consider switching your favorite video game to Japanese language. Give it a try. What's your favorite Japanese video game? Share with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Crew of Japan Podcast. That's K-R-E-W-E-O-F-J-A-P-A-N Podcast. While you're there, follow and let us know how you're enjoying the podcast. That's it for today. Until next time. <laughs>